0: Hi friends, welcome to Self Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver. I am one of your hosts, Sandra Peoples, and I'm joined today as always, but with Lauren Crow. And I'm so excited that we are starting a new year with you. And Lauren and I missed each other over the Christmas break. We, we had so much to catch up on before we hit record. And so now we're excited to get to chat with you as well. And today we're talking about goal setting. But we're talking about setting goals in light of things that we have learned from our kids therapist. (laughs) And so you (laughs) may be like us and have had lots of conversations with your kids therapist, whether that's speech therapy, occupational therapy, behavioral therapy. Uh, Lauren even has an example from when her son was in the NICU. I mean, like there's just so many pieces of advice that we have kind of collected and gathered from our kids' therapists and those who have cared for our kids that makes so much sense for us. And so this is episode 81, and we are going to talk about what we've learned about setting goals from our kids' therapists. This <laughs> is so fun. <laughs> it's going to be really fun and because, I, I mean, I, I love gathering wisdom, and we have had some really wise and kind therapists who have cared for James.
1: Oh, that's so true. Us as well. Honestly, it's kind of like family therapy. They don't realize as a therapist or a doctor that they're actually helping the whole family. It's yeah. holistic. It <laughs> really, is. truly. It's such so a This is such a. It is. And it's such a brilliant concept because throughout the years of my journey, I have journaled so much about what I have learned along the way from all the people got into our life unexpectedly through doctors and therapists and things like that and so Whenever our oldest son was born, he was born six weeks early, and that was after a month of me being on bed rest. And when he came, he had to go to the NICU, and there were a lot of moments that we didn't know if he was going to make it. And as we were kind of going through, you know, you kind of have like a list of items that's like, okay, we got to check all these boxes in order for him to be stable enough to go home. We just wanted to be home with him. And so I remember this one time the doctor came in and we were asking about so many things on that list. Like, hey, how are we going to work on this one and this one? What are we doing? And he stopped us and he said something that I have literally carried with me the last decade of parenting. And he looked at us and said, we only work on one big thing at a time. He said, if we try and work on more than one thing with your son, then nothing's going to work. So right now we're working on his breathing. And once he gets stable with his breathing and he reaches that, we can check that off. Then we'll go to the next thing, the feeding and et cetera. And he said, it confuses them. It throws them off, their little bodies off. They only can handle one thing at a time. And I thought to myself, for goal setting for life. Isn't that so true? Like we try and get all these things like, okay, I'm going to set this goal for my mental health, for my physical health, for my family and for my business and (laughs) professional. And you have all these huge goals and then you get discouraged because July hits and you're like, I have none of these, none of these have I've made any progress on because they're too big. We're trying to focus on so many big goals at one time. And in this special needs journey, it's like even more you have to simplify because the layer of caregiving mom is so much that we can't set a ton of big goals. We can't have like throw everything in and we're just, this is going to be the year. We're going to knock it out. It's like, no, we live with so much uh, uncertainty and unknown. We need to be wise with our goal setting in the sense of like, let's choose the one thing that's the big thing. And then let's go from there, you know? So that's always stuck with me, even in parenting, like even in just with Barrett, my son with autism. Going like, okay, right now potty training is the big thing. I can't make him do X, Y, and Z plus potty training. We're just going to focus on that one one goal because we've kind of set a goal for each of our kids this year too. So yeah, so that's like my big like life thing, that lesson, I guess, that I've learned from like, he wasn't a therapist, but he was a doctor, but it was like so profound for starting the parenting journey. And I've carried it with me since then. One big thing,
0: Lauren, what's the one thing? I love that. I love that cuz we can get so easily overwhelmed with all the things and then just yes. taking time to say, "No, what is the most important thing or what what can I devote my time and energy to right now and that that can be just one thing." And sometimes that one thing is just the next thing, <laughs> even <laughs> just a small thing. Um you know, you and I just came out of Christmas break and and even feel thinking about one big thing would be tough. And so like, Hey, what is the next one thing that I need to work on instead of all the things like even sitting down at my computer this morning, I was like, Oh, I've got emails, I've got podcasts, I've got cohort, I've got, you know, all these things. And I thought, no, what is the one thing I need to do next? So that's super.
1: What's the one thing that matters the most Yeah, out of everything? It's kind of helped me like And like you said, like day by day, what's the one thing today? I might have a to-do list a mile long, but what's like the one thing that I need to circle and say that matters most. I think we can put that in our goal setting and say, what's the one thing for 2022 that matters most? And it might not be a
0: practical goal. Yeah, It might be something else, you know? Yeah. I know you and I talk a lot about character. Like it's not what we're doing. It's who we're becoming. And so our one goal could be who we're becoming and how God is teaching us and sanctifying us. And so that's really good. That's really good to thank you, especially because I do, I have in the past been one of those who has had like eight different categories and set goals in eight different categories. And then by January 22nd, I'm like, Oh, Oh, I don't, it's too much. (laughs) So (laughs) that's super helpful. So the next lesson I want to talk about James when he was little, when he was first diagnosed, we had a really good friend who was an occupational therapist and she was at school. I mean, she was at um, church with us and she really walked us through when James was diagnosed. She's such a good friend. And I remember, you remember those, I mean, James is a sensory seeker and so he always is craving more sensory input. And he had a season where he would put stuff in his mouth and even eat non-food items. It's called pica. And it's a hard season when you're all the time watching out for what he's going to put in his mouth. And I remember Nicole telling me, we can't stop this behavior, but we can replace this behavior. And so we we I can't stop him from putting non-food items in his mouth. What I can do is give him something that he can put in his mouth that that fulfills that craving and so in our world it's called a chew tube and it's like a rubber thing and you can put it in your mouth and you know like you can even wear necklaces now with little chew tube things on it and and even like at vacation bible school last summer there was this little girl and her shirt was just drenched you know cuz she kept putting her shirt in her mouth and so i said hey here wear this this is called a chew tube and put it in your mouth and her mom was like This is amazing. This is exactly what (laughs) we're looking for. But if I would have tried to say, get your shirt out of your mouth, stop putting your shirt in your mouth, get that out of your mouth. Like that, the craving, the desire is still there. And so we have to replace it instead of eliminating it. And I think there's so many times when we think about setting goals or changing behavior when we think, I've just got to stop cold turkey, right? This is a bad habit and I need to just stop. But then we have then. we feel that lack. And so we have to kind of replace that either with a better choice or something that's so different that we don't miss it, you know? And so if you're trying to be on your phone less, you know, scroll less, you may have to put something else in your hand sometimes because you're used to that sensation of holding the phone and scrolling the phone. And so you might need to pick up like, crocheting or some kind of needle point, you know, I mean, so you're replacing it instead of eliminating it. And then you can taper that off, you know, like like now James doesn't have to put things in his mouth anymore. Uh, but I, that always comes back to me, whether it's thinking about what James does or David or my husband Lee or myself, I'm like, I, I can't stop this, but I can replace it with something that's better.
1: I love that because I think a lot of us probably have some like physical goals like healthy goals for the new year and I think sometimes we'll look at like what we've been eating and <laughs> we think let's just overhaul everything yeah this is i starting today I will never eat a carb again I mean yeah. really Lauren will you never eat a carb again you <laughs> bake as a spiritual discipline will you really no I'm gonna eat a carb okay yeah. I'm done with that <laughs> And by the way, I will say, I think bread and carbs are more holy than we give it credit because we remember the body of Jesus and what he did for us. I think Jesus is going to say, you should have ate more bread. Yeah. Whenever I get to heaven. I'm just saying. (laughs) But I will say that it has helped me because I want to take care of my body and and make it more sustainable for this journey with Barrett and taking care of him until I greet eternity that I have had to replace like, what's a healthier breakfast option and then replace it with something healthy. Okay. What's healthier than drinking caffeine in the afternoon? Okay. I'm going to replace that with something. I can't just not do something. I can't just be like, I'm never going to eat a cookie again. It's like, I'm going to make a gluten-free cookie. Like, so I'm just saying, I love that concept because I think we take on too much when it's like, let's just take one thing and replace it with a better option. Yes, A better thing. One thing it's more doable and you feel like you build up those wins and it keeps you motivated. Yeah, for sure. So I love that. Well, another one for me, um, that has really, especially actually last year, um, this, this came with Barrett's new BCBA at his ABA therapy. And I love this example because a lot of us set spiritual goals for lack of a better term, where maybe we want to read the Bible, um, in a year or whatever that, that looks like. And so I really want us to think about this and let this sink in about these spiritual goals that we set. So before Barrett started ABA therapy, he was in school and it was such a turbulent time because I was constantly having to pick him up. He wasn't able to make it through the day there were these behaviors that would happen that were too much for the school to handle. And I had to pick him up all the time. In fact, I would get anxious if I had an appointment while he was at school because I thought, Oh my God, what if they call me and I can't get to him in time, you know? And so whenever he started ABA, I shared all of this with his new BCBA and his BCBA said to me, there's nothing Barrett can do here that we would call you and tell you to come pick him up. Like all of those behaviors, your worst nightmare, things that could happen, those are not going to reject him from being a part of our ABA center. This is exactly where he needs to be with those because we can work on them. And so throughout the last few months of him being an ABA, different things have popped up. And I have literally said when his BCBA would talk to me, "Just, just shoot me straight. Yeah. are you are you kicking him out? I said that to him like three times. Is this the end of the road? He's yeah. like, no. I just want to talk about what happened and come up with a plan. I'm like, okay, he's like, Lauren. Remember, there's nothing Barrett can do. All of his behaviors that you don't like or that are not, you know, uh, you know, not sustainable and those kind of things, they're accepted here. It's okay. And I thought to myself, that's the same when it comes to our spiritual life. We're going to set these goals like maybe it's that we pray every day or we read the Bible every day or whatever that looks like for us. But you know what? We're going to not have a perfect performance when it comes to that. We're going to miss a day. We're going to be up all night with our kid and we're going to wake up and we're not going to have the brain power to read our Bible reading that day. Or we're going to get so upset because something happened and it really hurt. Or I haven't had respite in so long and I'm just, oh, I'm breaking down. And it just reminded me that with God, we don't have to be on our perfect best behavior to be in his presence. He is always with us. And so instead of setting these goals where it's like we're showing up perfectly and we're checking our spiritual boxes, may we remember when we're goal setting in that area of our life that we get to show up however we are that day. Messy, having a breakdown, or maybe we feel great that day. We can show up and God's not going to reject our presence. And he's going to say, yeah, come here, let's work on that. This is the safe place. For you to, you know, unload all that off your heart. And we can work on that. You don't have to check off all your Bible reading today. Let's just sit and work on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so that's really stuck with me from last year till now, as things have popped up. And I'm like, I don't feel like reading my Bible today. And I just feel God saying, that's okay, just sit with me. Let's talk about this thing that's going on.
0: That's good. That's so good. Because it, it comes down to are we doing this checklist? because we think we have to earn God's love or our place in his family, or are we doing it in response to his love and in response to our place in his family? And what a a better motivation to say, I'm coming in here with the full confidence that I am your child and you have, and you love me. And that's why I'm choosing to spend time with you instead of, because I have this checklist and I have to get these things done in order for in order to make you happy. So yes, that's great. I mean, that's great freedom in therapy. It's great freedom in a family. It's great freedom. When we think about our relationship with God, that just really applies in so many ways. I think about my husband Lee being my safe place. <laughs> and so oh. if I'm having a grumpy day, I'm like, I may try to hide that from other people, but with him, I'm like, no, I can I can be grumpy. I can apologize for being grumpy, but it's still okay to be grumpy and to, to work through that. And so it's such a gift to have unconditional love and just a space mm-hmm. where, where you feel that. Mm-hmm.
1: It really is safe space. I think is one of the best gifts in life. When you can find people who really provide a safe space for you, I think it's one of God's biggest gifts for us.
0: Yeah. It's like a huge exhale because like you said, you're still, even though the therapist has told you there's nothing he can do, you're still like, but are you sure? Like, do you know, (laughs) do you really get it? And so, you know, like we have to kind of assure ourselves that, that this is an unconditional love kind of place, unconditional acceptance. So so um. it's so cool all right well I have one more um and it has to do with behavioral therapy too and and it's been such a gift I think for our family to understand behavior and to understand motivations not just for James but for ourselves and it applies for me in my role at our church when I and caring for these kids with disabilities or mental health struggles or just kids being kids. And so the, I'm gonna share like the basics of behavioral therapy. And if you are a behavioral therapist, a BCBA, and you're listening, <laughs> I, I make no claim to know as much as you do. I'm just breaking it down to the tiniest little thing. But we call it the ABC of behavioral therapy. And so if you think about it, the B is the behavior. And so when you are goal setting you're kind of trying to think there's a behavior or a habit or a pattern that I I need to change that I want to change. And and you can't force that change unless and this is the lesson from the behavioral therapist you either change the A or the C. So the A is the antecedent and the C is the consequence. And so to change the behavior our own behaviors, our kids' behaviors, our husband's behaviors, whoever, (laughs) whatever that is, you have to look at what comes before and what comes after, and then you can change what comes before or what comes after. And that changes the behavior. And so one of the things that I'm really big on, on when I'm setting goals is habit triggers. And so I talked about it way back in episode eight. So that's a really long time ago. Um, And the concept is you have to set when you're trying to start a new habit, you have to break it down into very small things. And so you're essentially looking at what comes before what's the antecedent. So say, I want to walk more. Okay, well, what do I need in order to walk more? I need my tennis shoes, right? I need, I need... (laughs) to be somewhere where I can walk. And so I have to make all of those changes, all those antecedent changes before the behavior is going to change. So I think, okay, well, I'm going to, like, when I used to take James to therapy, I would drive right past a trail where I could walk. And then a lot of times I would drive back home and be like, Oh man, I should have, I would love to walk, but I don't have the right shoes, but I don't, you know, I don't have all these things. Mm -hmm. And so I changed that And I would get the right shoes before I would take James to therapy. I'd get my socks, my tennis shoes. I would get download a podcast to listen to I would take out any of the excuses so that the behavior would change. And instead of driving by feeling disappointed that I didn't have anything in place, I I did have everything in place. I had everything I needed. And so it's just a super helpful, I think, to think, okay, what behavior do I want to change? And what comes before the opportunity I have to change that behavior that I can set myself up for success. And it I mean, I know we talk about menu planning and that's just an easy thing to think about, but okay, at five o'clock every day, I'm super stressed about what we're going to have for dinner. So how can I change the antecedent? How can I change what comes before that to set myself up for it to be easier at five o'clock, whether that's menu planning or having some kind of idea, a theme for the day, like pizza Fridays or taco Tuesdays or whatever, but what can I do to set myself up for success before it's time to do what I'm trying to do?
1: I love that because we're really huge in the ABA world right now because of Barrett going like about 30 hours a week to ABA. And it is true because I find myself thinking of what happened before this? Yeah. That caused this, like, what's the trigger here? And there was a time where it was hard for me to wake up early, but I wanted to have that time alone because I am an introvert. I need solitude by myself to be the best version of myself. Brock, yeah. <laughs> my husband laughs and says, your love language is to leave you alone. because <laughs> It really does help me to have uninterrupted time by myself. Well, as I was recovering from COVID and the heart stuff that it caused, it was hard for me to wake up early and I'm a morning person. So I had to think, what can I do to get that like self-care and soul care for myself, that alone time I know I need before the house wakes up? Um, What can I do? And it was as simple as I did not like having to wake up. And the first thing I had to do was make coffee. I wanted it to be as simple as pressing the button and knowing that it was on its way. But the thought of in the morning waking up and being like, oh, I actually have to like, ground the beans and put it in and do all of that just to have alone time Uh uh-uh, uh, I wouldn't get up and so I started doing it at night and then in the morning when my alarm went off it was like oh I just have to press the button yeah <laughs> coffee will be made in a minute you know and so it's true it really helped helped me reestablish that morning routine of being alone and having that self-care by backing up and going, wait, what do I need to do before to trigger this habit? So that is really, really monumental, I think, with goals and habits and all of that as we look into the new year is really looking before. And then also... I mean, we give Barrett an M&M every time he goes potty in the toilet. (laughs) Like, sometimes I need to treat myself. Yeah. Like, if there's a hard doctor's appointment that I'm going to do with him, I'm getting Starbucks afterwards. Yeah. Like, I am a three-year-old when it comes to (laughs) treats and rewards. That's what I've decided. (laughs) So treat yourself this year, friends. Yeah. Treat yourself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Make it worth changing the behavior by getting by the consequence, ABC, the consequence yes. being a positive reward. I love that. Yes.
1: That's so good. I hope this is super helpful for all of our friends too, because this actually motivated me to kind of go look at my goals and reflection. Cause I know I told you a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, having a hard time reflecting on last year and setting goals for the new year, like yeah. I'm having a challenge doing it. And so this episode has really kind of motivated me like, okay, it's time. It's time to take some inventory and to really prayerfully consider God, what do you want to grow in me? And what are the things in my life that I want to make some changes?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're really just kind of asking what isn't working and how can I make it work instead of feeling like you, you don't have to do better in 10 different areas. You know, you just kind of have to think there's something that just doesn't feel right again and again and again. And how can I make a change, even a small change that would make life easier for me and for my family. And I just, you know, I think in years past, we have set these big audacious goals. And after the two years we've had, I think our goals are just like, I don't want to, not just survival. I mean, you know, but it feels a little closer to that, right? Like, it just feels like (laughs) let's just get through another year. And we're a little less optimistic. I think overall, even those of us who tend to be optimistic, we're feeling less optimistic this year. And I think that's okay. Like, I think it's okay that that is reflected in the goals that we're setting and the habits that we're creating or changing to just say, we're going to just Focus on one thing or, and we're going to remember that there's unconditional love and we're, we're going to remember all these things so that we can get through each day and not feel this pressure to reach this level of success when success is, is more survival than it is anything that we can measure.
1: I think that's such a good reminder. As we close up, I just want to say there was a season in my life with my son with special needs where there were three years there he didn't sleep, like literally every night, did not sleep. And I was utterly exhausted and I had a newborn during that time as well. And she slept better <laughs> than he did. And um, my, when you don't get rest, your emotions are not going to be in a good place. Your yeah. mental capacity is not going to be in a good place. And that's okay. I wish someone, I had someone in my life to tell me, don't make goals. You're frustrating yeah. yourself. Yeah. This is not the season for those big goals. And there's a little bit of grief there that I think you got to be honest with to say, but I want to be able to put, <laughs> to yeah. make goals and work towards them. And whenever you surrender that and say, okay, it's not the season for that, this is what helped me get through. So friend, if this is you, if you feel like I am in complete survival mode right now, one, it's not always going to be that way, but two, this is what got me through. Just take the next step. I would literally wake up in the morning and go, how am I going to do this again? And I literally would tell myself, just put your feet on the floor. That's what I mean by next step the tiniest thing. I just had to put my feet on the floor. Then I would sit up and I would go, okay, what do I got to do next? I have to stand up. Okay. I'm going to stand up. Don't think further than just the tiniest next step. And that gave me the breathing room to survive day in and day out of that survival season. And eventually it came to a close. And so the days that I tried to do too much during that and I tried to like set the goals and I tried to like, okay, I can overcome this and I can do this on my own and I can figure out a solution to get us through this. That made me more tired. Yeah. So you're already tired. Don't do that. Just put your feet on the floor and say, "Thank you, God, that I woke up with breath and that my feet can go on the floor and I can stand up on my own." And He will carry you through those moments. But don't go big or go home, like we yeah. say in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Just take it one step at a time, friend. Yeah,
0: I think that's good. I think that's that's where we all collectively are at the start of this year. Um, So, and there's freedom in that there's freedom in not forcing ourselves to do more than we are capable of doing because we are finite and we have limits to our energy and to our kindness (laughs) and our (laughs) sensory input we can take in. I mean, there, but God is infinite. He is infinite in knowledge. He is infinite in power. He is he does not need sleep like we do. And so we were created to be needy people and to rely on him as we talk about, as we abide in Christ. And then we're able to do what he calls us to do, but that doesn't mean we are called to do everything. We still live in these limitations that are for our good. And um, and that's a good thing to remember when it feels like the new year is limitless and there's all these boxes on the calendar I can fill up. And you can say, no, these, it's still for my good that I make decisions uh, that focus just on what I can do and what's best for my family. So.
1: Amen, friend.
0: That's good. All right. Well, let me end us by praying. Um, Next week, it's my turn to have an episode by myself. And then Lauren, if this is your first time listening, uh, Maybe one of your New Year's resolutions was to listen to our podcast more often. We're glad yes. you're here. <laughs> and so in a normal month, we do an episode together and then I do an episode by myself. We do another one together and then Lauren does one by herself. And so you get lots of self-care and soul care, both because Lauren and I have kind of different Focuses and strengths and, and things God is teaching us. And so we love the opportunity week after week, every Thursday to spend time with you here and in our Facebook group, Abiding Caregivers. And so if you are not already a member there, we hope that you will join us. It's really a supportive and encouraging place to share prayer requests, share what's going on, on in your life, but also just to, to know that there's other caregiving moms who are going through exactly what you're going through and um, can support you and encourage you and celebrate with you when things are going really well. So let me pray, friends, and um, wrap up our time together. God, thank you so much for a new year. Uh, Your mercies are new every morning and your mercies are new as we start out 2022, especially as we start out maybe a little discouraged and maybe a little tired um, after the couple of years that we have experienced. And and we know that you have uh, blessed us in so many ways, and we are so thankful for that. We can reflect on that. We can remember the blessings that come even through hard seasons, and we can talk about those and encourage each other with those stories. And as we look into this new year, God, we just pray that you would give us wisdom on how to become who you want us to become and we know that that is more and more like christ so we thank you ahead of time for the opportunities that we have to become more like your son and for the opportunities we have to love our families well and to love our communities and our churches and our co-workers and everybody that you put in our path and we just ask that that we would remain in you and that you would give us what we need to do what you call us to do each and every day so that we can just take the next step that you have already laid out for us Um, and we thank you for your love and your care and especially that it is unconditional and that we can come to you already accepted, no matter how many goals we set or fail to meet, that, that we are still your child and you still love us. And so thank you for this time that we could reflect on that and uh, think about what you might have planned for us in this new year. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Thanks friends for spending this time with us. Have a good rest of your week and weekend, and we will meet you back here next Thursday.